and he was hesitant at the first. And, and as he got into it, he's now our project manager. I mean, he's the head of it. He's the one that's setting up everything until he's not great at math, but there are other people that can do the math. He's the one that can see the big picture and, and tell them what they need to do. He's not a great programmer, but he's learning. And, uh, you know, he never would have done this otherwise. He was the type of student who he didn't ever take a lot of challenging classes because he was so one of those A's. So, you know, but now he's challenging himself. And, and that's something that wouldn't have happened because he never would have taken an AP class. He never would have taken calculus. He never would have taken any of those. But because of this, he's now challenging himself in ways he never thought he could. I know that we've got a gift. We've got some parts we could lift up. This is the start of your bridge. Walk through it all with the cards you would dealt in the heart in your chest and then foster your grit. We started to sift through the pieces of youth. Keep our feet on the ground but still reach through the roof. We're staying steady and keeping our truth. I believe in the dreams that'll sweep in the view. I know our roads may take us in a thousand different directions, but don't forget to watch the scenery. Welcome to Project Invent with Dr. B. Are you concerned about addressing all your child's literacy skills or academic performance? Now, more than ever, Linda Mood Bell programs for reading, comprehension, and math can help students catch up or get ahead in learning. In just a matter of weeks, your child can feel more confident and prepared for school. Our evidence-based intervention is individualized, one-to-one, -one, and proven effective for all types of students with learning challenges, including dyslexia. In-person or online instruction is equally effective. Spots are filling fast, so enroll now. You can learn more at lindamoodbell.com slash projectinvent. Welcome to the Project Invent podcast. Your host, NEA Art of Teaching Award recipient, Dr. Rhonda Beeman, will explore how Project Invent is on a mission to create the next generation of fearless problem solvers through invention. Please enjoy. Welcome back to Project Invent, the podcast. I'm Dr. B, your host, and um, we're really excited. At, like I said, if you've been listening um, regularly, you know we get the best and brightest educators on our podcast who have joined the Project Invent um, team, and they're all so excited and also dedicated. And so those of you who are already on the team know why, and those of you who are deciding whether to be a Project Invent fellow, um, just listening to people like Michael and Louise, our guests today, are going to convince you that this is a great and reinvigorating, rejuvenating thing to be a part of. Welcome, Louise, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's start with you, Louise Pilardi. Would you please tell us what uh, you teach and where? Yes. Hi, I'm Louise Pilardi. Um, I work at Notre Dame Prep, a high school in Pontiac, Michigan. I teach 11th and 12th grade chemistry, and then we use our Project Invent as a class. We teach it as a class rather than an after-school program, and we call it Engineering and Empathy, and it's a science elective, a one-semester science elective for our 11th and 12th graders. I also um, am a STEM specialist where I do STEM projects for all divisions, our elementary, middle, and high school, and I run our after-school robotics teams. So what do you do in your spare, elementary, what, middle, what, and high school? What do you do in your free time, Louise? Yeah. No, ha, ha. <laughs> I love that engineering empathy. What a great, what a great thing and good name for a, 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 an experience. 
Great. And then Michael Kelly, where are you and what are you doing? I'm uh, in Macon, Georgia at a school called Stratford Academy. And I teach a variety of classes, some that are design classes and one that's an engineering class. And we're doing project event out of the engineering class right now. And uh, I also teach some human geography, too. So a variety of things. Nice. Well, welcome again to both of you. you. Um, Louise, tell us a little bit about uh, engineering empathy. How did you come up with that name and, and what do you do in the class? So we follow the project event curriculum entirely. So um, like this semester, we just started in January with a new group of 2022 20, students. And we follow the project event curriculum, which is fantastic. And we called it engineering empathy. We originally wanted to call it engineering for social good, but it was too long. I said it wouldn't fit on transcripts. <laughs> transcripts it was too long, so we had to shorten it. And uh, so we, we call it engineering and empathy. It's just a good fit for our school. We're an international baccalaureate school. And... Uh, the students, you know, want to work with the community and make a difference. So the engineering and empathy is, is just a good it's fit a for great, our school. Great, great name. And so uh, you're saying that the materials that Project Invent provides for you, the scaffolding, the, the lessons, the support, you find that to be really, really helpful. It is fantastic. Yes, we use the, whole, the Project Invent um, resources, the curriculum right from them. They put us in touch with community partners, and it's everything runs very smoothly. It's, it's a great program. Great. Great to hear. Michael, what about you? How do you use Project Invent at, in Macon? Well, we started out a couple of years ago. It was an after-school club with interested kids, and uh, our kids are really busy, so after-school became sort of problematic scheduling. And I was fortunate to be able to offer this engineering class. And so we integrated in that. So it's one of really four major things we do in the engineering class. So we alternate it with some of the other projects throughout the year. Uh, we do follow its curriculum for that. Uh, in fact, really all the projects we do are very similar to what Project Event does. They're community oriented for the most part. And they're also uh, project based where the kids are actually creating something and not sitting at a desk. So what has, what's the most revelatory or, or surprising thing to you, Michael, about uh, teaching Project Invent in that um, process and their six practices? I mean, is there something that stands out to you uh, that, that really has touched you or, or um, changed your practice in any way? Well, the, the, it's actually kind of something that came back to me because, I mean, I've been teaching for 41 years, so I've been around for a long time. And, and when I started out, I was doing things like this. And then I kind of got moved around to where I was teaching a lot of advanced placement classes. So I was in the classroom. It was always, oh, you got to finish this curriculum. You got to do this. You got to do that. And so I got away from a lot of the, the, the project things and also just allowing the students to kind of take control. And I think the most revelatory thing for me is when you allow students to take control and you set, you set some parameters for them, but you allow them to take control, they do some remarkable things, things you would never even anticipate. Isn't that the truth? And, and we forget that sometimes because, like you said, we get so burdened down with the regulations and the outcomes that we forget. There's so much creativity and individual energy and dedication sitting in our classrooms. Give them a chance to show it. I think Project Invent does a good job of that. And how great for you to be somebody who's taught for 41 years and then have that new new lifeblood and come back full circle to going oh yeah they, they've got well, stuff definitely. to contribute 
And my mother keeps asking me when I'm going to retire. And I say, not never, because I keep discovering new things I want to do. Isn't that the way to live your life? Who wants to be tired twice? Anyway, that's what retire <laughs> means, right? Yeah. And Louise, what has it done for you as a teacher to, to have this opportunity to work in something like engineering empathy? Yeah, well, I did. I've been doing after school robotics or robotics teams for many years. And we follow the design process. And I'm, I'm used to that aspect of it. But Project Invent, how they add, they start right out with empathy, where you have a community partner, you interview them, and the students take on one of their needs. And that is just so impactful. We had our community partner interview just last week, and it was just fantastic. You know, the kids might start out thinking they want to make something for themselves, but as soon as they meet somebody that needs their help, and now they're making something for somebody else, it brings them to a whole new level. Well, it's such an important thing at that point in your life to feel like something you know or believe or create could help someone else. That time of life, you're, you know, you're kind of at the mercy of all the adults around you and the world, and it just feels like everybody's just telling you what to do. So to be able to help someone else and see the impact of what you do has got to be extraordinary for them as well yeah, as they, being part they of it. take a lot of pride in it. You know, it, it gives them pride to be doing something for somebody else. As well it should. Um, <laughs> I think that's what's so great about Project Invent is that you can't just create a product. It has to be a product for social good. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that, one of the practices of the six practices that Project Invent has uh, based their um, organization on is pushing um, students to the next level. Um, you know, I, I really would love to pick your brains on how that goes, because uh, <laughs> a lot of times good enough. You know, I got to be I mean, this kind of the kind of um, atmosphere. A lot of times that people, you know, in school feel like yeah, I got to be it's good enough. Um, and yet it's not good enough because you're working with a real person in their life and trying to prepare these students to move on into greater things in their life. So, Michael, um, you know, can you give me an example of, of how you might push a student to the next level beyond just good enough? Well, I think the thing that the project event does that, that enables that the best is really the community partners. Most of my projects, most of the projects we do in engineering are oriented towards the community, but the kids identify a problem in the community and then we try to come up with solutions for it. You know, we prototype, we go through the whole design process and come up with something. But when you have a community partner, when there's someone real and you meet them, you know, the kids don't want to disappoint him or her. They want to do really good quality work for them. And so they push themselves. Isn't that great? Wow. We, we had a partner, the one we're still working with, with one of my teams, because we're in the Accelerate program, so they're in the second year. And uh, he was a gentleman who uh, was suffering from neuropathy in the hands because of an accident at work. And so we were designing a glove that enabled him to detect pressure and also heat. And the first time they took that glove to him and put it on and, and just the, the excitement of his face, they came back and they had 20 ways, at least I would imagine, to how to improve that. You know, and otherwise it would have been, okay, project's done. What are we going to do next? Wow. Isn't that great? It's, I mean, it kind of makes you just even want to cry. I can imagine those kids. It was. It was, yeah. a, it was a remarkable experience. What a great moment. And Louise, what about you? How do you yeah. push to the next? Do you have an example to give us like that? Yeah, I agree that you really don't need to push them because they want to make somebody else's life better. So I'm doing a semester-long elective. So we just started uh, January 5th with, with my group of kids. So we're just, we just had our first meeting with the community partner. And before we met with her, she, she's a quadriplegic. Before we met with her, the students weren't sure they wanted to focus on that need. 
and they were asking me to find other, if I could find other community partners. We talked with her for like 45 minutes. She was amazing and remarkable in every way. One of the students asked her if she wished she could go back to life before her accident. And she said, no, I like me. I like myself. And the class was just silent. Everybody now wants to make something for her. Oh, how great. They were so touched by the interview. Well, and that that's the key, isn't it? The why. If you have a big enough why, you can do anything and, and yes. you will rise to your best level if the why really matters to you. Isn't that fabulous? Yeah. Um, so, Michael, have you done more than one community partner? Or is this your first one or? Uh, we've done two, actually. So what was your other community partner? What was the? Um, well, that's one working with right now, and we've, we've met with him a couple of times. Uh, he uh, works in an industry, and this is kind of something different. Uh, it, it's just something that came up because we had three or four different ideas, and once uh, COVID started coming back up, we had a couple people back out for obvious reasons. They were a little afraid to be out and yeah. involved with people and things like that. And then one institution where we were working with said, we just can't you know, deal with the liability. So we're actually working with a company who... Um, it has a warehouse and um, we're actually working with forklifts in there and putting sensors on there to detect negative and positive space because it seems like some of the forklifts tend to run into things a lot when they're trying to pick up pallets and all the supply chain interruptions. So uh, he's a logistics manager there and, and he's been great working with us, but it's been a completely different experience and, and, and that's been great too. Um, and you know, we're serving a community need, but it's not exactly the same type of need that most of these projects. Gotcha. Well, and it seems to me the word push is interesting to me, you know, when you push kids to the next level, but you're saying you don't have to, because the raison d'etre of the whole thing is so obvious to them. So in your nor in another class, that's not project invent and not working for social good. How can you take that same feeling and create that in another classroom? Can you? And, and what would you know, what would you suggest for other educators listening? Um, how do you get students to perform at a, at a top level? Yeah, that's a great question, because really the, the community partner is just the, the huge factor in project invent. And in normal class, you don't have that. Um, I try to do a lot of projects in chemistry where I give them some space to make decisions and make it their own. And that helps a lot because like see their other talents, you know, writing or art or something else come into chemistry that they can make it their own rather than giving them a list of what I want them to include in their project. Sure. Sure. Great. Louise, Michael. Yeah. The project working on projects does that. One thing that we've tried to do, for example, in in a human geography class that I teach, when we do urban geography, we, we go out in the community. We do a community walk through downtown Macon, we're not a big city, but we have a lot of the things. The kids see some of the things that are in these urban theories. We work with the Downtown Planning Commission and things like that. And you know, I think once you get them in touch with real people doing real things, that inspires them to do things. The other thing is when you're working with them, and that's what I like about project-based learning, when it becomes a collaboration between you and them, uh, I just think they do a lot better than, okay, so what's going to be on the test? Oh, yeah. I, and we've talked before with a lot of the other uh, educators involved with Project Invent and how refreshing, you know, because you know what you were like when you first started teaching. It was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, change lives. And then it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, we have these, <laughs> we have, you have to have the right answer. You have to, you know, make certain, you know, scores on tests. You have to, oh, yeah, yeah. And we forget 
that initial, man, if we can do this together and when, when you do it together and it's like we said, this big why, and you shouldn't, and, and you're both saying this, you shouldn't stop just because it's not Project Invent. Um, you know, I was teaching a, a public speaking class and we would go into um, a senior citizen, you know, residential area, these people that were in, in assisted living and we would do our practice speeches there because they loved it and the students, although they were scared to death, loved it because you, they could see the fate on the faces mm -hmm. of the people in the room that it, it, you know, changed their lives to have them there that day. And so it's just taking that thinking one step further and tell me a class that you couldn't do that. It's probably not one. Um, you know, one thing I think that works real well is, is when I, you know, I used to try to come up with the perfect rubric for everything. Um, and I, I just really don't do rubrics anymore, but what I have the students doing in, in this class and a lot of others is say, okay, so what are we going to do? We talk it out and then you establish the benchmarks. The students get together and say, this is what I'm going to have done by this time. And usually what I have to do is pull them back. So I was going to say, get they're, done a lot quicker <laughs> than they really they're probably can. harder on themselves than you would be. <laughs> and when we get to any of those benchmarks, they evaluate themselves and yeah, they're probably tougher on themselves than I am. Yeah. And they're the ones that say, we know we can do this better rather than, okay, I, I made the cutoff for an A. I'm happy. That's gone. You know? Well, and how refreshing, Michael, because I think when you believe in them as a teacher and they know that you believe in them, then they want to do better because to honor you too, to honor the fact that you believe they can do this. Louise, do you find that yeah. to be true? That's absolutely true. And, you know, they have a good idea, you know, celebrate it. You, you've got one thing to work. Great. You know, what, what, what's the next step? And like have them come up with their own timeline, their own project management. That's a big part of it too. And do you see this, this kind of feeding the flywheel for, for certain students uh, in terms of their own ambitions? Do their ambitions become a little bigger and a little wider having had this experience with you? Yeah, well, I would say definitely. Yeah, for sure. Do you have an example that you can share with us of a student who just did more than you ever thought they could or rose to the occasion in ways that surprised you even? Well, the project we're doing this year, the one I was talking about with the forklift, um, one of the kids that I have in engineering class, he, he kept talking about it, but he kept saying, I can't do it. I'm not good at math. I'll never be able to do this. You know, and finally, we just we just had a talk this summer, actually, after registration was done. And he said, well, yeah, I wish I'd registered for that, but it's too late now. I said, no, it's not. I, I can get you in if you want to be in it. And he was hesitant at the first. And, and as he got into it, he's now our project manager. I mean, he's, the head of, he's the one that's setting up everything until he's not great at math, but there are other people that can do the math. He's the one that can see the big picture and, and tell them what they need to do. He's not a great programmer, but he's learning. Terrific. And, uh, you know, he never would have done this otherwise. He was the type of student who he didn't ever take a lot of challenging classes because he was so one of those A's. So, you know, Terrific. but now he's challenging himself. And, and that's something that wouldn't have happened because he never would have taken an AP class. He never would have taken calculus. He never would have taken any of those. But because of this, he's now challenging himself in ways he never thought he could. And watching that happen, best paycheck of all, isn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's why we got into this biz in the first place. Louise, do you have a story you want to share? Yeah. yeah. I So I didn't teach the class at all last year you know, because of COVID and the, and the back and forth. So it was two years ago I taught it, but I had a group first semester that were so into it. I mean, they did a fantastic job 
And they actually went to administration and said, can we take it again? You know, what, uh, we know it's a one semester class, but can we take it again? You know, how so that's great. Been- how <laughs> great. Well, what our listeners can't see that I can is the smile on Michael and Louise's faces when they talk about this experience. And it's very moving because, you know, sometimes the world conspires to help us forget why we wanted to be educators and what the payoff for spending this kind of time and love and statistics show that most teachers spend something like $10,000 a year of their own money buying extra, you know, stuff for their classes. And, um, you know, a lot of times you don't feel uh, respected by others for the the job that you're doing and pouring your heart and life into. And I just feel like even in this time of chaos and, and uh, you know, change and COVID and pandemic and all the things that we're facing, I know the world's going to be okay because I can see teachers like Louise and Michael and who put their heart into it for decades and are still moved by the human spirit and the possibility of the students sitting in our rooms. And I thank you guys so much for being part of Project Invent and part of our podcast today. And thank you. And thank you for the work that you're doing. The world's going to be okay because of what you're doing. Thank you for listening. You can find more information about Project Invent on the website at projectinvent.org. Tune in next week for more ideas, inspiration, and information about invention here on Project Invent with Dr. B.